This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, May 28, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The IRS has told employers that giving employees cash to secure their own health insurance won't protect those employers from stiff penalties associated with failing to provide Obamacare-compliant coverage. But the incentives involved here may tell a different story. Michael Cannon, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, explains. This headline needs a little bit of unpacking, it it appears, based upon what uh, the New York Times is asserting. Uh, Robert Pear writes, IRS bars employers from dumping workers into health exchanges. I should correct that. He probably didn't write the headline. But uh, so what has the IRS done and what changes with respect to uh, workers' relationship with their employers and their health insurance. That headline doesn't quite capture the substance of the story. The main reason why employers might dump health benefits uh, for their employees is because for low-wage workers, the subsidies that are available through Obamacare are greater than the tax benefit they get from getting health insurance through an employer plus the penalty the employer has to pay if the employer doesn't offer them insurance. So when it comes to low-wage workers, if an employer can find out a way to get their their low-wage workforce off of their health benefits, they can pay the penalty, take whatever money is left, give that to the workers, and both employer and worker will still be better off because the employer or the worker will then be able to go get health insurance through an exchange, get a much bigger subsidy than they were getting tax benefit before. What the IRS has announced and the New York Times is reporting on doesn't really change that. It has to do with a a very narrow way of structuring health benefits that some employers have used. And I think what the the IRS is doing is bad. It's it's wrong. It's taking choices away from people. But it's not going to prevent employer dumping. So what the IRS has said is this. There's this arrangement called an employer payment plan. It's a way of an employer providing – They call it health benefits to their workers, but it's really just employers writing a check to their workers so their worker can go out and buy health insurance on the individual market. And that is pre-tax, just as if the employer had provided – had sponsored the health plan itself. Well, what the IRS has said is that, yes, that is a group health plan, as they say, and as such, it's regulated by the federal government as all group health plans are. That's – it's regulated as though the employer were providing health benefits itself. And that means that – and the IRS has decided that that means that the group health – this employer payment plan, this check the employer is writing, has to satisfy all the regulations imposed on group health plans, including a requirement that the employer provide – the group health plan provide preventive coverage coverage for preventive care services with no cost sharing and unlimited annual and lifetime benefits. And – and this is this part is important. The insurance that the employee goes and buys with that money, that pre-tax money the employer gave them, doesn't count. I mean, it's not it's it's not integrated is is what the IRS says with the group health plan. So what that means is even though the employer is giving you a, a pre-tax a, a check of pre-tax dollars to go out and buy health insurance, and regu- the IRS is regulating that check as a group health plan. The insurance that you buy with that money doesn't count towards satisfying the regulations that the government imposes on that group health plan. So if the employer continues to do that, which employers have been doing, uh, 
and use these arrangements, then the employer can face massive fines, much bigger than the fines for not offering health insurance at all, because the employer is offering a group health plan that does not provide the required coverage for preventive care services or annual uh, coverage. So instead of, whereas the penalties for not offering coverage at all can be two or $3,000 per worker, the, the penalties here can be $36,000 per worker. I mean, when, when we talk about Hobby Lobby facing enormous penalties for not wanting to offer contraceptive coverage, it's because they're running afoul of this same requirement that they offer, that they're offering, they, they want to offer health benefits that don't cover all the preventive services that the government wants them to cover. The same thing would be happening to employers here. So really, all the IRS is doing is taking that option off the table and saying to employers, well, they're saying to employers, you can keep doing that, but you're going to face massive crippling fines. Or you can stop writing those checks to workers, those pre-tax checks to workers, giving them money after tax, and you'll face penalties for not offering health insurance at all. Smaller penalties, but still penalties. Or you can launch your own employer-sponsored health plan. So in essence, the government is telling employers, in lieu of writing a check to your employees so they can go get their own health insurance, you should stop doing that and pay smaller penalties from the government? That's right. In effect, it's, it, it's, it's very perverse because the type of health insurance market that would serve consumers best is one where they control the dollars and they get to pick their own health plans. And that's exactly what these employer payment plans were doing. It was using the tax break that's available, you know, that all employers use, but instead of having the employer choose the health plan for the worker, the worker chooses the health plan that meets his or her needs. And instead of having a type of insurance that disappears when you get sick and can't work anymore, as all employer-based plans do, this arrangement allowed workers to purchase insurance on the individual market that stayed with them between jobs and, and if they lose their job and can't work anymore. So, so it eliminated the problem of job lock. It eliminated or, or drastically reduced the, the, the problem of pre-existing conditions because you, don't, you wouldn't find yourself with a pre-existing condition and uninsured just because the plant closed down or, or what have you. So, so, so not only is it taking uh, a, a choice away from people, it's probably taking away from people in, uh, in the employer sp- who's uh, t- taking away the choice that, uh, that, that really makes the most sense for, uh, f- from the perspective of the consumer. For a very long time, economists broadly have agreed on one thing with respect to uh, health insurance, and that is it should not be related to your job. It should not be pegged to your job. For many, many years, they've, they've agreed on that. And yet for decades, the federal government has tied health insurance to employment. I mean, that was the horse that the federal government decided to back, a type of insurance that disappears when you get sick and can't work anymore. So, you know, that's really the most troubling thing about Obamacare is we've got our health insurance and really health care sector that's going to be run by the same people who created that awful policy and left it in place for 70 or more years and let it fuel this problem of pre-existing conditions. I mean, that's the that 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 has that has uh, that is the main driver of the problem of pre-existing conditions in this country. The fact that we have a uh, 
a type of private insurance that disappears when you can't work anymore. Michael Cannon is Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.